All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, episode 61. This is Corey. What's up, guys? It's JK3. Today we are joined by, and actually, I when Mike DiRocco was on last time, we called him our only uh, three-time guest ever, and technically that is now incorrect because we are joined by Zach Goodall of Big Cat Country, who is now also tied with Mike DiRocco as our three-time guest. So how does it feel? I'm coming for you, Mike, always and forever. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so good stuff. We'll start a few there. And then so you had the recent fame, and we'll put this up in the uh, podcast description. I'm sure everybody's read it, especially on social media. But uh, with the big score of an interview with Leonard Fournette, um, you know, how did you land that interview, first of all, just so you can kind of teach us your ways? Uh, but also, <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about like how it was chatting with him and just a little bit about what you learned? Well, first off, it wasn't, I didn't really reach out for anything. I mean, I'm always trying to sneak around and get whatever I can with some of these guys, but um, it was through my boss at BCC, Ryan, uh, Ryan Day, his Twitter handle is Ryan Eats Cake. Um, He was actually offered by Fournette's uh, protein company, Metrics, to come and interview him, but Ryan lives in Tallahassee, and he knew that I was one that always enjoyed interviews. So he just told me straight up, here's an opportunity for you. Go make your money. Go do what you have to do. And I reached out to Metrics. I talked to them about it. They invited me out to the event. Um, Got to sit down with Fournette after he donated a – what he did is he and a lot of uh, other people donated trophies that they melted down. A lot of um, Fournette's childhood trophies, they melted them down into a weight set, a dumbbell set. And you can clearly see the gold chips all throughout them. And it's plated saying, donated by Leonard Fournette's childhood trophies. It's awesome story. Gave it back to um, Rains High School just outside in West Jacksonville. Um, I know Brian Westbrook went there. I think Jabbar Gaffney went there. So a lot of NFL talent. And even though Fournette didn't go there, he already has like a special place in these kids and this school's heart in donating this. It was a total surprise to the kids. They had no idea he was there. I got to um, watch the event happen live, followed up by sitting and talking with uh, Fournette, not just about the, um, you know, the event of the day, also talking about his upbringing and the struggles he went through uh, when he had to sleep on a bridge during Hurricane Katrina in the seventh ward of New Orleans for about four days just the hardships he got through to be where he is now. Then, of course, we talked Jags. A lot of the guys he um, he had grown to respect by the time minicamp came around when we got it done. And, I mean, all in all, just sitting with him, you realize that this is a dude who cares, not just about football, but about his community. He wants to help anyone he can. Real humble. He knows how talented he is, but he keeps it humble. Just good guy. I mean, he got Odell Beckham Jr. on FaceTime with some of these kids. He uh, took them for a ride in his Mercedes which is one of the cooler parts of the day. And the kids were talking to Odell, asking him for gloves and stuff like that. So you can just tell that this was something these kids were never going to forget. And for myself, I mean, I love, I was able to meet up with Ian Rappaport at um, Jags training camp when he was here for one of the hard knocks Buccaneers practices. And um, he didn't recognize me at first. I introduced myself, but as soon as I told him who he was, who I was, he told me that he recognized it, uh, me from the interview because NFL Network had promoted it a little bit. And just when he told me he had read my stuff and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is Ian Rappaport. This is rap sheet. Like, this is one of the most insane things I think have ever happened to me. And it was such a cool feeling. And I know, like, personally, it was giant for me. But honestly, if I want anyone to take anything away from this interview, it's not, the, you know, what I did more what Fournette did and how awesome he is to be here. I'm trying to think about what, and maybe JK3, you have something like what in my childhood 
that made me at all successful that I could melt down and turn into anything that would be cool that other people would want. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the only thing that I have that someone would even want if they were like a Boy Scout, <laughs> some of those merit badges, <laughs> that's that, and, and some of the popcorn tins, that, that's about it. I've got hella participation trophies, just none of them were actual like first place. So, I mean, if we can turn that into something, then that's that. Yeah, so I mean that's that's cool stuff. I mean it's definitely. I think I'm excited personally to to have him on the team. I feel like he fits the the Tom Coughlin persona to to a T as far as the type of players that he wants on the team. So definitely excited about it and excited to see how his season plays out. We mostly wanted to have you on because to be honest, I mean following you on Twitter, um, you're kind of uh, at least to me, uh, kind of like the the quarterback guy with the team. And I mean, you you follow a lot of the team and you cover everything, but you also have tons of insight when it comes to the the quarterback uh and and sort of the dilemma or the competition that we have right now uh whatever we're calling it at this point zach did and we'll link it up in the podcast description because it's quite awesome a gigantic breakdown of literally like i don't know if it's all the quarterback plays but a ton of quarterback plays from the last game uh gifs or gifs i still not quite sure how that's pronounced yet um (laughs) gif is peanut butter yeah exactly um but just yeah, all kinds of insane analysis. Um, so if, so again, if you're not already following him on Big Cat Country, do so. And you can also follow him on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. Um, but you've been kind of a big proponent of Brandon Allen since minicamp. What did you see in him then? Uh, what do you think of him now through the first two games as far as strengths and weaknesses? Realistically, I guess I would say, you know, with everything that we're hearing from Marone and, and the media, uh, what would you say his projected role would be going forward with the team? See, when I was at training camp and I was there for every day, they had it open to the public just to you know observe as much as I could. Unfortunately, I was on the other side of the ropes. But with being limited to the fan side of the ropes gave me more privileges than some of the media guys. I was able to film team practices, which a lot of guys weren't. When I was there, I will genuinely tell you guys Brandon Allen was the best of all three quarterbacks on almost a daily basis. And when I say that, I don't mean he was, wow, wow, all these great plays. Because keep in mind, he was with the second team just a little bit, but mostly third team. But in terms of just making the throws he needed to, like it didn't matter what team he was on, he was making the throws. And he was also able to make moves on his feet, you know, make elongate plays to make something happen almost out of nothing. And it's not like he was some MVP caliber guy whatsoever. But he was doing what you know what you want to see out of a quarterback. There were some mistakes, six-round quarterback, even any quarterback, this is going to happen. But all in all, I thought he had a very good camp that's been kind of overshadowed by the entire situation. I thought Bortles had a better camp than Henny, but when it got to the preseason games, Henny just obviously looked a lot better than Bortles did. One could say that, that he's about, I'd say, neck and neck with Allen in terms of preseason games and how they've done, but just purely on practice, I think... Allen had the best training camp of all three. And I mean, I've been a I've been a big fan of Allen since his college days. My buddy's an Arkansas fan, so I didn't do too much quarterback scouting just for the NFL draft in total, just more focusing on Jaguars needs. But I was thinking after Bortles good season in 2015, I thought they need to have an insurance plan that isn't Chad Henney. And it was like mid-April, real close to the draft, and I started doing my full seven-round mock drafts, and I said, Oh, 
Brandon Allen. Like, this guy just seems like a project guy who's going to fall for his size. Like, I mean, he had to massage his hands before the combine to be sure that they came out a little bigger. He has, like, a one percentile hands in terms of quarterbacks. So it's that's what knocked him a lot, his hand size and his just size in general, his frame. But um, I started to mock him to them in the sixth round because they had two six-round picks that year. And I think one was, like, 199 and one was, like, 220, something like that. And I was thinking, oh, this guy would be a solid, like, developmental guy. I don't know if they'll do it, but I'm going to do mock this anyway because people will be interested in that. And the day before, I had a solid feeling they're going to take a quarterback today. I think it should be Allen. And what do you know? It was Allen. I mocked him in the sixth round at 220. They took him at 199. So I was close, but not close enough. So ever since then, I've had a little fanboy thing going with Brandon Allen just because I semi-called it ish and it's more like you know i'll have my fun on twitter i'll mess with people i might troll them a little bit saying he's the best quarterback on the roster if i'm ever seemingly not serious i'm most likely not serious but all in all just i've been impressed by him i've always been a fan of his um i think his role going forward is if henny is the starter in week one bortles is likely off the roster because of the kind of like the rg3 thing with last year, how they just had to sit him and eventually cut him due to, or I don't know if it was last year, whenever he got that option, because um, they can't risk him taking as much as a tweaked hamstring, because he ends the season with a like failed physical, then you have to pay him 18 or $19 million next year, whether you like it or not, whether you want to cut him or not. So it'd just be a huge hit. I think Bortles would have to be off the roster, and if Henny is the starter, you have to keep him on a short leash because you know what he is at this point. You know he's not going to take this team much further, maybe a couple wins more than Bortles. And if the season seems gone, if you know that you're just kind of playing to get the best quarterback you can next year, why not play Allen at that point? Because you really have nothing to lose and only to gain. Well, yeah, Zach, I mean, I I, I agree with you uh, in, in some of the context with, you know, Brandon Allen looking the best out of the three quarterbacks that we have, but it's not like we really have a bunch of diamonds in the rough. You know, oh, no. it's not like we oh, have three no, no, no. spectacular QBs out there. I mean, that's just a, a short order to say that he's the best quarterback. But I mean, if he's out there with the ones and he's making the plays, like you said, that he's making the plays in in, in practice, and you know, everyone can follow on Twitter the way that uh, you know we most people broadcast the play by play analysis, like yourself. Why why hasn't he gotten more significant reps with the ones if he's making all the throws? And, um, you know, what's his competition like if he's not or if he's playing against the ones on offense and the ones on defense? So the reason why I don't think we're getting it is because even though Gus Bradley is gone and we knew in Gus Bradley's time that he was very dedicated to the we almost said that he was more of a friend to these players than a coach and he would always seem really dedicated to these guys. I don't think that sense of dedication at several positions, including quarterback and kicker or left guard with Omame, have really left. I mean, there's definitely a toughness factor, but in terms of refusing to upgrade during the offseason at positions that were clear, like, question marks, to say the least, going forward, you should have at least brought in competition. And without that competition, I think they just kind of stuck to, okay, this is how we want to ride things out. We want it to be Bortles, and if he sucks, we're going to go to Henny. And I think just from things I've heard, whispers, little birdies, 
I think even though that this is from the outside looking in a horrible situation, they've gotten themselves into at quarterback. And it seems like, hell, we haven't even played the third preseason game and we're already writing off the season. I think that they're worried that even though Bortles isn't the answer, they think that Allen could be worse with having no experience around a team that's filled with experience and a lot of guys and a lot of talent that could potentially win more, that they're almost just afraid of Allen, this six rounder guy who's never been active for a game in his life come in and just take over. I think they want to rely on the experience that now Henny, or even if Bortles looked better, Bortles would have brought. What, um, I think, who was it? Like, I guess it was Sage Rosenfels actually that had tweeted something about, oh, Allen's the, I rewatched the game and Allen's the best quarterback on the team. thought that was kind of interesting. But what was it you were saying about his hand size? What, he's in the one percentage for, for having too small of hands. <laughs> Is that what you said? I can bring this up right now. I've got this great site that I use when I'm looking up draft prospects. It's called mockdraftable.com. It takes every player that participates in the combine, even if they don't do full drills, just their measurements and all that kind of stuff. It takes every measurement that they've um, recorded and puts them into these like webs. And they're really great. It shows you like how they rank in certain drills and intangibles and all this stuff. And you look up Brandon Allen and – I mean, you put a, he's six one, which is the 11th percentile compared to quarterbacks in the NFL. 217, 217 pounds, 30th percentile. Arm length is 31 and one fourth inches, which is the 19th percentile. Hand size is eight inches and seven eight uh, eight and seven eighth inches, which is the third percentile amongst NFL quarterbacks. And what he did, and there was a report on this, is that before the um, before the combine, he literally had a masseuse massage his hands. I think it was daily leading up because when he was massaging him, if they were getting, he liked to think, I don't know if it really worked, but it stretched out his hands so that at the combine, his hands wouldn't show up as the absolute smallest in what the What the heck? Where'd you? <laughs> well, he, he, he can't, he can't hold, what you're saying is that he can't hold his own whopper when he's trying to eat him, right? <laughs> and I mean, you look at guys like Russell Wilson and, uh, Russell Wilson's shorter. He's 5'11". He's in the first percentile in terms of height. Fifth in weight at 204 pounds. His hand size is bigger. He's in the 88th percentile for hands. So I think that really helped him with 10 and 1 fourth inch hands. Um, 31 inch arms, 16th percentile. Um, These guys are small. And I'm not saying Brandon Allen can't make it based on his size, but I mean... The NFL and their standards are kind of against him. So he's always going to be like, you know... He's never going to be regarded as some prototype guy because, I mean, the dude is smaller yeah. than me. It reminds, it reminds <laughs> me of that. There was an episode that Zach Lowe, I don't know if you ever listened to his podcast, he had Tony Khan on like two years ago or something. And they were talking, I think you mentioned like some analytic about like Blake Bortles' hand size and how it was one of the determining factors to draft him. I don't know if he was being serious or not, but um, it just reminded me of that. But where'd you get that massage story from? Is that on that website or is that, where did that come from? Let me. F- I'm looking it up because that's right about now. the most random um, thing I've ever heard as far as draft coverage. I so it, um, it came out right around the combine back in 2016. Uh, I had seen it on Twitter, and I knew I couldn't take anything on Twitter like full on. I needed to do some research on it, but I've got it right here. It's an SB Nation article from uh, one of the main guys at SB Nation. In the art, the headline to the article: Arkansas QB. Brandon Allen actually grew his hands for the NFL Combine. In the picture, <laughs> in, in the 
in the picture is supposed to be like a, from a before and after thing. And you could see his, and it's him throwing the ball while at Arkansas. He's got one hand up in the air while the other one's throwing, and it's just this enlarged hand that's bigger than his face. Yeah, I think they're uh, stretching <laughs> it for content in the offseason with that kind of stuff. I don't know. That's weird. I found I found this from Bruce Feldman, who colors, covers college football. Um, when he was at the Senior Bowl about a month before, Brandon Allen's hand measured at eight and a half inches. And at the Combine, they grew um, three-eighths of an inch. <laughs> Interesting. Well, so so the transition out of uh, <laughs> Brandon Allen's ha- his, his hand size. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, so the the hot name now, man, and you know in Jacksonville, the and that's our history. The most popular quarterback has been the backup quarterback uh, with us here. So now Henny is the guy that everybody wants, mind you. Henny was the guy three years ago that we basically booed out of the city, and now we want him to come back. And save the day like he's Bruce Wayne or something, and uh, you, you know we're in Arkham, and I just don't understand like why, you know the the Henny the Henny train is just you know full steam ahead. Why would they not put the Brandon Allen you know caboose before that? You know why is it all Henny right now? And you know I just don't get how exactly we've gotten to this point now. The team has just gone full circle. I mean, Blaine Gabbert. Their um, first round pick quarterback back in 2011 or whatever, 2010, and he was the future. He lost his job to Chad Henney. Blake Bortles unseated Chad Henney in his rookie season. He was supposed to sit out, and he unseated him two and a half games in. Now Bortles has been unseated two and a half games into his uh, fourth season in in the preseason by Chad Henney. It's just a full-blown, full circle. And, I mean, like I said, when I was – breaking down that video and yeah I watched it was so painful I watched every throw recorded every throw from the other night and um the one thing I noticed is that Henny is never going to be some electric quarterback and you're never going to build a winning team around him he's always he's got his flaws he checks down a lot and he's not really much of a like he's a game manager but he's not anything really good by any means and I mean, but at the same time, this offense being so built around the run game, which I have questions with when they, um, since they refused to really, really address the offensive line besides Cam Robinson, which they needed to do because they were like stuffed 20% of the time against the run last year. When they were running last year, they had like 27, they ranked 27th in adjusted line yards, which is really an offensive line run blocking stat based on football outsiders. Just I question that the run game is going to be really successful in Fournette's first year, in which case more pressure will be put on the quarterback, which means Henny will be relied on to take that pressure and really, like, change the game. We know he's not that guy. So I'm not on the Henny bandwagon. He can make the throws that they want him to in this scheme, but we're going to see when the run game isn't as great as we all think it's going to be with this offensive line that suddenly – Maybe this is a reason Henny should be put on a really short leash, and if they know the season's gone, you just throw in Allen. That's what I. That's what I want. That's what I think would be the smartest move. We just know that the Jaguars don't really do the smartest moves, so we'll just have to see where it takes us. I'm hoping by like week five, Brandon Allen is out there, and I can just light Twitter on fire. Yeah, I mean, I think the general consensus is that Allen comes in like Willie Beeman, <laughs> you know, out of nowhere and just just comes and saves the team, but. I mean, I, I hate to sound pessimistic, but I mean, why would we not entertain? And I understand besides the drama and besides, you know, the political standpoint of Kaepernick, why, 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 what would it hurt us 
as you know the team to bring in someone who is a proven you know quarterback statistically and was like the founder of the that read option. I mean, he set the league on fire with that lead, that read option with uh with, with San Fran. Uh, he killed us in London with it. So I mean, I don't understand why you know they wouldn't even kick the tires on a guy like that. So on Twitter, I can get overly political. I know it upsets people, and I'm very sorry, but that's just a public platform, so I take advantage of it. But completely, 100%, leaving politics aside, you forget that Kaepernick ever took his kneel for the American, uh, the national anthem. You forget all the politics and bias to it, and you look at him objectively as a quarterback. He's a fine quarterback. Last year, he completed nearly 60% of his throws, and he didn't throw much. 16 touchdowns versus four interceptions. A, I'm trying to find the percentages, a 4.8 touchdown percentage versus a 1.2 interception percentage. Those are fantastic numbers. And in, uh, playing for an offense that had literally no talent around him, Carlos Hyde was always hurt. The receivers were equivalent of like my high school. Uh, really bad offensive line. He's still averaging almost seven yards per attempt. He's still able to, in a where they were trying to run the ball a lot, and still put up 2,241 yards on a 60%. He, he's an effective quarterback. He comes out there, and, I mean, he's never going to – I don't think he's at the point in his career where he's going to throw 28-plus 20, touchdowns and be some you know MVP-looking type of quarterback. But he's a guy that you can come in, and you can just rely on him to be consistent and effective. I think he turns this team into a team that at least pushes 500. And it's a stopgap with a really deep quarterback draft next year and like a big class. There's potential for like five quarterbacks right now to go in the top 10. You still have a lot of options next year, even if you win seven to eight games to get your quarterback in the first round. You want to install that, you know, we want to win now. There's no excuses. This is a tough team that Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone are trying to promote. You don't accept the mediocrity. And that's me being incredibly polite that you have a quarterback right now. You go and do whatever you can to make this team better. Even if they say it's too late to bring a guy in to learn the system, you bring in Colin Kaepernick and start Henny for that little bit of time, a couple weeks while Kaepernick gets used to this system. And suddenly you have an effective quarterback that can start winning you a lot more games than what you have right now. So we've seen the Jags. We've seen uh, Baltimore, uh, a couple teams that, that have, instantly passed on you know an option that are in quarterback you know need right now they're in crisis mode and they haven't even you know sniffed Colin Kaepernick's name what's what's it going to take you know what type of situation is it going to take for an NFL team to even you know pick up the phone and be like all right man what's your number so um remember the season before Andrew Luck was drafted and the Colts had Manning on IR with his neck injury and they had like Curtis Painter Curtis Painter or whatever at uh, a bunch of fake names at quarterback, and whenever Painter got hurt, Ron Mexico, Painter, yeah, some, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, Jared Lorenzen, the like 300 pound quarterback, would have been an upgrade at that point. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's the situation where if you don't call him, you should. I mean, I th- I think team GMs, if they decided they wanted to pass on Kaepernick and rely on a guy like Ryan Mallett or a CFL quarterback, if that's not blockage from an owner and that's just a strict GM choice, you should be fired anyway. But if you're not taking, if you're not calling Kaepernick the second Henny look takes the field and starts to face pressure and looks like the Henny we all ran out of town in week three of 2014, even though he really stayed, if you're not calling Ka- if you're not calling calling Kaepernick at that point, I really don't know why you have a job in the NFL 
Uh, hey man, you could you could possibly turn that into a, a slogan. If you're not Colin Kaepernick, what are you doing? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I'm on Twitter right now. <laughs> you know what I think's funny about like the controversy, especially with like the Jacksonville fans um, who were anti-signing Kaepernick for like I don't know social reasons or whatever it is. Like literally, we have a guy on the roster right now who just got in trouble for punching somebody in the face and throwing their liquor into a lake. So I mean, obviously that's a lot more detrimental than somebody who's just making a political stand. But regardless of that, there was one thing that you retweeted that I thought was really funny. And I don't know if you saw this, JK3. There was like a guy who tweeted at Mike Silver, and he said, "You take a knee during the anthem in Jacksonville, it would be anarchy. We would rather go 0 and 16 than see that." But the funny thing about that that thread, because I was reading it also. Um, was that how many people were just like, no, we're not going to boycott the team. Um, we want to win now. We're tired of seeing our team lose, and we're tired of seeing people who would rather make memes about looking at a solar eclipse and watching us play, you know, play football. Yeah, I mean, it just gets humorous to me at this point. And like I said, I'll try and avoid political stuff. Um People really dislike Colin Kaepernick for their social stances and political aspects. If you don't like what he did, I will never, ever ask you to change that opinion. That is totally, that is, that is you. That's your call. I really admire you for the, what you believe in. However, if it's morally unacceptable, I'm going to, you know, fight with you about it. But if you don't like what he did, great. That's cool. But at the same time, there comes a point where, you just should say, I don't like what he did, rather than Colin Kaepernick's a terrible quarterback. He got benched by Blake, Blaine Gabbard and only won one game in uh, 11 starts last year. Uh, he disrespected blah, 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 he, when he never did anything like that. It, there's a lot of people that just don't like the First Amendment, from what I've been able to tell. And, I mean, if someone comes to you and says Colin Kaepernick is a bad quarterback, I want you to just at me, because I'll just come right in there and make it short and sweet with factual information i mean there's bias to be had and i get it opinions are what make the world go round. but at the same time if you're gonna lie about someone to kind of fit a more personal belief you're gonna be called out for it and it's deservingly so kaepernick's a good quarterback all right so we're gonna wrap with the, probably the most important question and i don't know how closely you follow this but uh conor mcgregor said today that he's gonna knock out floyd mayweather in 10 seconds is it gonna happen or not I don't follow any fighting for crap. I'm going to be watching the fight at my buddy's house because we're going to be just having a friend get together. And what else? Well, I mean, what else is there to do that night except we're going to have a fantasy draft after? Um, I'm not really pulling for either guy. Like I said, I don't watch much. I know they both have kind of rough histories. I think Mayweather wins all in all, just based on what I've been told about it. Um, I don't know how long it'll last. I don't know how fluid McGregor will look in Mayweather's sport or vice, whatever it is. I don't even know. But um, I think Mayweather, I think it was Mayweather that was more comfortable in fighting in this style. Yeah. So I'm just going to uh, JK3's say, yeah. favorite fighter is Conor McGregor right now. So that's the only reason I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That, that is, I can't believe you just said that. That is the furthest thing from the truth. But you know what? Whatever you say, I'm money team all day. Forty nine or 50 and 0. I'm, I'm ready for history. I'll, I'll be. I'll get you a shirt while, when, uh, when, when it's over with. What, your size about a medium, about a medium. <laughs> I don't know. I just think McGregor's hilarious. Like Zach, even if you don't watch it, just like YouTube. In fact, after we get done recording, uh, I am demanding that you YouTube Conor McGregor like trash talk 
And the guy's, just, I mean, you can tell he's just trying to be funny. Like, he's not, like, a serious. Yeah, I it's just that. Yeah, some, and some of that's been really funny. It will be, it'll be exciting to watch for my first, like, full-blown, I'm going to sit and try and enjoy this fight experience. All right, well, that's exciting. So, uh, all right, well, good stuff. Um, you know, I've got the game Thursday, so I know everybody's looking forward to that. Um, got the uh, game three, which I think is pretty much the most important preseason game as far as actual people playing for long periods of time, so I'm excited. Um, Zach, any uh, last thoughts or anything that you're working on right now that you kind of want to give everybody a heads up on? Um, pretty much just kind of going over the quarterback position for the next couple of weeks. Guys, I still think they should sign. If it's clear after this game they're not signing anyone, then I'm just going to keep dreaming. But um, articles like the one I did today where um, I covered all the throws, that's probably going to keep happening. It's taking years off my life, but at the same time, just dedicated to the game. Definitely, if you haven't already, check out Zach's stuff on Big Cat Country. He is the uh, Brandon Allen hand size expert. Um, and then you can uh, <laughs> you can also follow him again on Twitter. And I definitely highly recommend it, at Zach underscore Goodall. Um, so uh, thanks again, Zach. Appreciate you joining the podcast. Yeah, of course, guys. Thank you for having me as always. All right. And we will talk to you guys next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.